Amen. First Baptist, it's good to be here this morning to worship with you. If you have your Bibles this morning, if you'll take your Bibles and turn over to Jonah, the book of Jonah this morning, the book of Jonah. While you're turning there, I just want to say thank you for your partnership at Screven Baptist Association. Uh, this summer, we have take, uh, taken two mission trips. Um, me and my wife and several uh, team members went to Alaska, and he's like, what kind of mission is in Alaska? Well, Alaska is a beautiful place, but there's a lot of missions. There's a lot of unreached people groups there. And we went there and served uh, on the J-Docks, served uh, boat captain. We built um, bunk beds for people who needed bunk beds for a mission house. And we also built a lean-to. And we did some uh, stuff around the mission house that we stayed in. And we were able to share the gospel, uh, cook a home-cooked meal. We stayed there 12 days. And then um, just a few weeks ago, we went to Kentucky. We had a group of 10 Folks who went to Kentucky had eight adults and two kids. We went to Kentucky on a Monday. We did VBS in an apartment complex. We did a diaper drive and give out diapers to newborns. We give out things to um, a senior uh, adults there. We went to a school and uh, took up, uh, I think it was 90 baskets to uh, the local public schools to the uh, teachers. And then we give over 1,000 tennis shoes away to the public school system there. They had a block party um, that on the Thursday. But because of your partnership, hey, we, we were able to touch this summer, I would say at least 1,500, 2,000 people with the gospel. Amen. And so I just want to, I want to I let you know, and, and I want to let our churches know, every time we go somewhere staff, every time we go somewhere Scriven Baptist Association, we bring our churches with us. And so First Baptist, even though you might have been there personally, you were represented. And I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your partnership. Thank you for everything you do. Amen. And uh, I want to look at the book of Jonah this morning. I, I, I was glad I was able to fill in for Brother Ch or Pastor Charlie. He gave me a, a text yesterday and asked me if I'd be on standby. And I told him I was available. And then he said, hey, can you just go ahead and preach? So I was like, amen, I can go ahead and preach. And so it would probably be easier for that. But Jonah chapter one, I'm, I'm going to look at the book of Jonah, just kind of look at his, a quick synopsis this morning of the book of Jonah. Uh, Jonah chapter 1, start reading in verse 1. The Bible says this, Now the word of the Lord came into Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it. For the wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish, so he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them unto the Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you. I praise you, Lord, to be here this morning. I ask you, God, just for a few moments that my words will be your words, my thoughts, even your thoughts. And Lord, I ask you, God, Lord, you'd help us not only to hear your word, but take heed to your word this morning. Lord, as we look at the prophet Jonah, Lord, as he had a word from you, but he disobeyed. Lord, I ask you, God, help us not to be like Jonah, but be obedient to what you have for us when you call us, Lord. We just thank you and we praise you. And these things we ask in Jesus' name, amen and amen. I want to speak on this subject this morning. Disobedience is not an option. Amen. Disobedience is not an option. As we look at the book of Jonah, you know, uh, it, it's, it's interesting. God gives Jonah a, a command. It was very simple. He said, just go to Nineveh. Preach what I tell you to preach. But the problem was Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh, amen? Jonah wanted to do what Jonah wanted to do. First of all, Jonah resisted God. God told Jonah to go. 
and do something he didn't want to do it. And then Jonah rebelled against God. Jonah didn't care what God wanted to do, so he decided to do what he wanted to do. And then Jonah ran from God. Jonah really underestimated God. You know, you think about Jonah tried to run from God, but let me be honest with you, church, there's nowhere you can hide from God. But you know what's sad? Jonah is a lot of, describes a lot of people. When God tells us to go do something, we just think God's commands are optional. But God's called the church to go into the world. God's called the church to go and share the gospel. And if we don't do that, we're no better than Jonah. And so I just want to think about that subject this morning. Disobedience is not an option. And look at what Jonah did and look at some principles here laid out in the book of Jonah. First of all, we'll look at this first principle. Disobedience always leads to discipline. Now, if you, if you were raised in the generation I was raised in, you understand what discipline is, amen? I, 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 never, we, I was talking to some teachers when we were in Kentucky, and the, uh, I'll never forget when I was a kid, they would send this little note home from the principal's office and there was asking permission to spank your child if he got out of line. And I'll never forget, my daddy would always sign it very quickly and then put a little note, if you do spank him, let me know so I can spank him when I get home. He just wanted to make sure I got taken care of. But we live in a different world, don't we, when it comes to discipline. But I want to just look at this, you know, and look at what Jonah did. Like I said, disobedience leads to discipline. The Bible says, Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for the wickedness has come up before me. The command was simple, but Jonah didn't want to do it. You know, if you look at the city of Nineveh in that time, it was one of the greatest, most powerful cities in the area of Assyria. The king's palace of Nineveh covered over five acres, 71 rooms with hallways over 180 foot long and 40 foot wide. Then it was a huge city, but it also had about 175,000 people at the time. In spite of its greatness, there was wickedness. The Bible says the wickedness has come up before me. And so God wanted him to go preach the gospel to him, preach judgment to him. Like I said, it was simple, but he didn't want to go. The Bible says, but Jonah rose up to flee upon unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. So why did Jonah disobey God? Think about that. Why didn't Jonah just go preach and do what God asked him to do? I'm going to put it plain and simple this morning and bluntly. Jonah was a racist. Jonah didn't like the Ninevites. Jonah was a Jew, and the Gentiles were enemies of the Jews. So he didn't want to go preach to the, the Ninevites. He didn't want to go preach to those because he knew that God was a gracious God. You know, and he knew God might send revival, and we'll find out about it later in, in the chapter. So Jonah didn't want any part of it. Jonah was afraid that if he preached, that their rebellion would turn to repentance, and their repentance would turn into revival, and Jonah didn't want anything to do with that. You know, he, he might have said this, they might get saved, but I got nothing to do with it. You know, that's an awful attitude that Jonah had. You know, he's terrible and he's selfish. But think about it for a moment. Church, if you refuse to be a witness, if you refuse to go share the gospel when Jesus tells you to, you're no different than Jonah. Because God called us to go and be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. You know, it's so easy to pick on Jonah 
But God's called us to do the same thing. And a lot of times we, we blame it on culture. We may blame it on race. Hey, there's only one race that I find in the Bible. It's a human race. That's what God's called us to go. He, they, the, the Jesus that died for you died for everybody in the world. They all need hope. They all need help. And it's our job as a church to go. But Jonah disobeys God and becomes a man on the run. He ran hard. The Bible says that he um, was going to Tarshish. Now think about this. Nineveh was 550 miles east of Israel, while Tarshish was 2,500 miles west of Israel. There was two cities mentioned in this book, Nineveh and Tarshish. Nineveh represents the will of God for Jonah. Tarshish represents the will of of Jonah, so he where he wants to go. But think about this this morning. Every day you have a decision. You're either going to go to Tarshish where God wants you to or, or where you want to go, or you're going to go to Nineveh where God wants you to. You know, you're going to be in God's will or you're going to be in your will. Every, every morning we get, it, we get up, we have to make a decision. Are we going to do what God wants us to do? Or are we going to do what we want to do? You know, think about this. Every time you run with God, he pays the fare. But when you run from God, you pay the fare. The Bible says he paid the fare. You know, I've heard this saying over and over as a child. Sin will take you further than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you want to pay. You know, but think about this. In Jonah's disobedience, if we continue reading, it said this in verse 4, But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, though the ship was like to be broken. Now th- you know, many people think when they disobey God that, it's, that, 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 that there's no one else to be affected. That's where we're wrong, church. When we disobey God, it affects everyone, everything around us. If you look at this context, Jonah got on a ship. When he got on a ship, everybody on the ship was in danger now because of Jonah's disobedience. You know, there's so many families that have a family generational curse because of one person's sin. And it goes on and goes on and goes on and goes on. And we say, well, that... It's not going to affect anybody. That's where we're wrong. Our sin, our sin will affect everyone around us. As we look at Jonah's life here, they're on the boat and everybody begins to call out to their God. Everybody begins to cast out things into the sea. And then they realize it's all because of Jonah. Look in verse 8. Then he said unto him, tell us, we pray thee for whose cause this evil is upon us. What is thine occupation? Whence comest thou? What is thy country? And what people art thou? And he said unto them, I am a Hebrew and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven which hath made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said unto him, Why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. You know, Jonah was running from the Lord, but he affected everybody around him. You know, there's, there's one thing that God wants when we, when he, when he calls us to go do something. When he speaks, he just wants one thing, obedience. You know, one of my favorite songs is trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus. You know, he wants us to say, yes, Lord, whatever you ask, I'll do. Just like he said with Samuel, he said, speak for thy servant heareth. And Isaiah, he said, here I am, send me. You know, the, the Lord wants us to be obedient. And in, even in 1 Samuel, when Saul 
give an offering, but he disobeyed the Lord. This is what Samuel said. It says, Hath the Lord is a great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifice as in obeying the voice of the Lord. He said this, Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. You know, a lot of times we say we, we give, we do this, we do this, we do that. But it, you can do all those things and still be out of God's will because you're being disobedient for what God's calling us to do. But only see disobedient leads to discipline number two. Discipline leads to deliverance. You know, as, as, as you finish out um, chapter one, they're trying to figure out what to do with Jonah. And Jonah says, throw him in the sea. And they don't want to throw Jonah in the sea, so they try to get back to land. They can't get to land. So finally they throw Jonah in the sea. And then the last verse, it says this. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Now, a lot of people think this story is fictional. A lot of liberals say, how could a fish swallow a man? But you know what my Bible tells me? With, all, with God, all things are possible. And even Jesus said it. He quoted it in the New Testament. But this is no ordinary fish. The Bible says it was a fish that the Lord prepared to swallow Jonah. It, it was, it was, it was it, to, 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 what it was, you know what it was? Jonah got a well house for a jailhouse. God took Jonah to the woodshed and to fish his belly. You know, and, and then it, you find in chapter 2, verse 1, this is what it says. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord, his God, out of the fish's belly. Now think about this for a moment. If Jonah would have did that the first thing, instead of running from God, he wouldn't be in this mess, Amen. But a lot of times what we do is we get, a, we get a command from God and we do it our way and we get it over our head and we say, Lord, can you help me? You know, all, all Jonah had to do was say, Lord, what do you want me to do? When he, when he gave him the word, he should have prayed the first time, but he didn't. And then now, now the Bible lists his prayer in chapter 2. He begins to pray and ask God to forgive him. He begins to cry out to his afflictions. In verse 2 it says, And I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me out of the belly of of hell cried I, and thou heardest my voice. You know, Jonah learned his lesson, but he learned it the hard way. You know, I, I can tell you and just look at my life, I'll be 50 this year. There's a lot of lessons I learned the hard way when people told me how to do it the easy way. And, you know, it, 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 it's sad, but we all have probably experienced that in our life one way or another. When your mom and your dad say, don't touch that, it's hot. How many of us would touch it just out of curiosity? Is it really hot? You know, we, 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 we would test that. And it, it's so important that when, when it comes to God, all God wants is obedience. All God wants us to be obedient. You know, there's a lot of storms that come our way because of disobedience. But let's be honest, there's a lot of storms that come our way because of obedience as well. You think about the, the guy named Job in the Bible. He was serving God. You know, and, and, I, and I hope the, the Lord and the devil would never have a conversation about Tommy and say, look here, what about my servant Tommy? Amen. <laughs> but Job was writing God's will, doing everything God wanted him to do, and he got tested, but he passed the test. You think about the apostle Paul how he did everything God called him to do, but he was shipwrecked, he was beat, he was stoned, he was left for dead, but he did exactly what God wanted him to do. You know, th those times is when, hey, 
They're designed to draw us closer and closer to Him. And it's so important, hey, whether it's because of our own sin or because God's using it to draw us close to Him, that we're obedient to what God wants us to do. The Bible says all things work together for good. Amen. Even though we don't see the good in it sometimes, we may see the good in it 10, 15, 20 years down the road. But now we see disobedience leads to discipline. Discipline leads to deliverance. But number three, deliverance leads to devotion. In chapter 3, after he repented, the Bible says, As in the word of the Lord came into Jonah the second time. You know what I love about that verse is I love it, church, that we serve a God of second chances. Amen. We serve a God who's merciful. We serve a God who will give us a second chance no matter how bad we mess it up. He's merciful. He loves us enough that he will, hey, give us a second chance. You know, when we fail him, when we do, he'll, he'll forgive us. If we come back to him broken with a repentant heart. And this is what he said. After he, he got a word the second time, he says, Arise, go into Nineveh, verse 2, chapter 3. Arise, go into Nineveh, that great city, and preach in it the preaching that I bid thee. So Jonah arose, went into Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was exceedingly a great city of three days' journey. So what Jonah preached was 40 days, that the Lord's going to destroy the city. 40 days they got to get right with God. Jonah was not politically correct. He wasn't seeker-friendly. He basically said what God told him to say, amen. You know what we need every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, every Wednesday night? We need God's band to get up in the pulpit and preach what God says to preach. Hey, we don't need somebody's opinion. Hey, we don't need somebody's, uh, what, what, what they think's better. We don't need somebody to tickle our ears. What we need is somebody to preach the whole counsel of God. They're to preach on heaven, they're to preach on hell. They're to preach on mercy, they're to preach on judgment. Hey, they're to preach on salvation, they're to preach on repentance. Hey, we're to preach what God tells us to preach. Hey, th th this is not an option when we get behind this pulpit, amen. It's what God's commanded the man of God to preach. The Bible is clear. When, he, when, when young Timothy and Paul was writing to young Timothy, what did he tell him? He said, preach the word, amen. Be instant in season, out of season. And that's what Jonah was to do, was to go preach what God told him to preach, whether he liked it or not. But now we see deliverance leads to devotion, but lastly, and I love this, it says devotion leads to delight. Jonah did exactly what God told him to do. He preached the word to the Ninevites. And in verse 10 of chapter 3, it says this, And God saw their works, that they turned from the evil way, and God repented the evil that he had said and he would do unto them, and he did it not. You know, Jonah, we think a lot of times it's a, it's a, it's a physical miracle involving a fish swallowing a man, but you know this is more of a spiritual miracle because, hey, God graciously, hey, sent a, a prophet to preach repentance to a place called Nineveh, and over 175,000 people got right with God. Now, if you've never studied the Word of God, this is the greatest revival ever recorded in the Word of God, where one whole city got saved, amen, where one whole city turned to God. Because Jonah obeyed God, he had the privilege of seeing the biggest revival ever recorded in the Word of God. But you know what? If we go to chapter, we could stop at chapter 3 and have a great revival and really get stirred up. 
But chapter 4 says this, but it displeased Jonah exceedingly. He was very angry. The Bible says in verse 2, and he prayed unto the Lord, and I said, I pray thee, O Lord, was this not my saying when I was yet in my country? Therefore I fled into Tarsus, for I knew that thou art a gracious God, merciful, slow to anger, and great of kindness, and repentest then of the evil. You know, he, he, he was upset. Now so let that sink in for a minute. God was gracious, but Jonah was ungracious. Hey, God sent mercy, but Jonah wanted judgment. It just shows us that Jonah still has a lot of work cut out for him. Amen. God's got a lot of work to do on Jonah. You know, but, but this is, what this wonderful account is this. If you're obedient to God, God can use you to do wonderful things. But Jonah definitely needs a lot of work. And let's be honest, church. There's times in our life where God uses in a mighty way. And, you know, I tell people, I'm like Peter a lot of times. I can say something spiritual, and then the next sentence, I can insert foot in the mouth. I don't know if you've been like that before, but I've been like that several times in my life. And Jonah was just like that. Jonah just preached the greatest revival instead of celebrating. He's pouting. He went from the, from the, from the powerful preacher to the pouting preacher because he wasn't excited because he still had some work to do in his own life. But let's be honest, church, we all have a little bit of work that God still needs to do in our life. We're not going to be perfect on this earth. We're not going to be perfect until God calls us home. But all God calls us to do right now is to be obedient to his word. James says it this way, Be you doers of the word and not hearers, only deceiving yourselves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, go his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh to the perfect law of liberty and continues therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. You know, simple here this morning, the simple, if you, if you take anything from the message this morning, just take this simple lesson. When God speaks, he expects obedience. Amen. When God speaks, he expects obedience. Obedience is what God wants from us as his children, as his church. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you. I praise you, Lord, to be here this morning. Lord, I ask you, God, as we go into a, an invitation in a few moments, Lord. Lord, I ask you, God, you would speak to our hearts. As we looked at the book of Jonah, we looked at a prophet that was called, but then he ran. But then he finally submitted. And he could have celebrated the greatest revival ever recorded in the Word of God. But he pouted. He still wasn't right. How often, Lord, you call us to do something, Lord, we do it. Maybe because we want to get out of the storm we're in, or we do it because we know it's the right thing, but our heart's still not right with you, Lord. And I ask you, God, this morning, you would speak to our hearts, Lord, and we would be people of obedience. We'd be people that would serve you no matter what. Lord, we'd be the people you've called us to be. The church would go into all the world. No matter what their skin color is, no matter what their language is, no matter what their culture, Lord, we would go and tell them about you. We wouldn't use excuses, but we do what you call us to do, Lord. Maybe there's someone here this morning, Lord, it's like the Ninevites. They need you. They need salvation. They need to repent of their sins, Lord. Whatever it may be, Lord, I ask you, God, 
that your will would be done in their lives. We just thank you and we praise you. These things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.